This is Weon, and you're listening to Gravitas Podcast, making sense of the news. We were promised a Russian blitzkrieg. Instead, it's a war of attrition now in Ukraine. And in such conflicts, two things are very important, patience and resources. The West is trying to drain both. Their sanctions are not just testing Russia's economy, they're also testing Putin's patience. But are they working? According to Putin himself, no, they're not. In a recent interview, he was asked about possible deadlines in the Donbass. Listen to his reply. There is no need to talk about any deadlines. This is Vladimir Putin. I never talk about it since this is life and these are real things. A deadline is linked to the intensity of combat operations, which is directly linked to potential casualties. And we must think above all things about protecting our guys' lives. A couple of things to note here. One, he says there are no deadlines. It depends on how intense the fighting is. And two, he says protecting his soldiers is most important. Is it though? Russia last released their casualty figures in the month of March. That's almost three months back. And since then, they have acknowledged zero casualties. What does that mean? Either Russia has had zero casualties, they've lost no soldiers in the last three months, or they're refusing to acknowledge the sacrifice of their soldiers. It's not much of a puzzle. But coming back to the deadline, if Putin is serious about prolonging the war, it will have repercussions. And his decision depends on a lot of factors. Number one, how long will NATO keep supporting Ukraine? Joe Biden says, as long as necessary. The US president has announced another round of military aid, total value almost $800 million. As long as NATO keeps the war chest open, this war will drag on. Factor number two, the resistance in the Donbass. Putin laid out three military objectives in his latest interview, liberating the East, protecting the local population, and creating favorable security conditions for Russia. And that last one probably refers to Ukraine's neutrality. The speed of this mission depends on Ukrainian resistance. If they fight for every inch, this could get ugly. If not, Russia could wind up the war with Donbass. They've already taken Severodonetsk and Lysychansk they have taken a key oil refinery. Now, factor number three, the money. Russia's economy may be battered, but they're dragging the world down with them. Right now, the Western public will cheer these huge military shipments, but what if there's a recession? Will the US public still back Biden's multi-million dollar aid to Ukraine? Chances are they won't. Putin too is affected by the economy, but he's relatively insulated. He doesn't have to face elections, you see. Plus, he can always crack down on dissent. That's not a luxury that Biden enjoys. He has midterm elections coming up in November. If he loses the Congress, it's game over for him. So pressure is building on both sides, and occasionally it shows. I'll give you an example from this week. Ukraine claims a shopping mall in Krem Kremenchuk was hit by Russian missiles. They've released CCTV footage of the strike. Apparently, 1,000 people were inside, out of which 18 were killed. Now, why is the strike important? A, because it's a civilian asset, and B, it is located far away from the front line. Such attacks have no strategic value. They're meant to demoralize the local population, to put pressure on the leaders in Kiev. Another example is Snake Island. Let's pull up the map for you. Snake Island is located near the Danube Delta in the Black Sea. 
It is key to defending southern Ukraine. On day one of the invasion, Russia captured this island. But this week, almost four months later, Russia has vacated it. Snake Island is now under Ukrainian control. There are two versions about what happened. Ukraine claims they drove the Russians out. Russia claims it was a goodwill gesture. A goodwill gesture in the middle of a war? Goodwill for what? For resuming wheat trade in the Black Sea. Either way, it's a loss for Russia. It reaffirms their pivot in the last few weeks. Instead of targeting Kiev, they're limiting themselves to the Donbass. So coming back to my first question, will this war drag on? Well, it will, unless our leaders can grow up. And I mean this literally. Let me play out an exchange from the G7 summit this week. These are the men and women shaping the course of history. Take a look at their, their, their conversation. You heard those leaders of the G7. They were mocking Putin's macho displays. And needless to say, he had a comeback. Putin says it would be disgusting. That's the word he used. Disgusting if the G7 leaders stripped down. You have to hear this stuff. I don't know which way they wanted to strip down, from top or from the bottom, but I think that would be a disgusting sight anyway. But if I can reference Alexander Pushkin, I may be wrong about the exact words, but one may be all about business and think of the condition of one's nails be well groomed. Just a gentle reminder, these are world leaders, some of the most powerful men and women of our times. They're supposed to be super busy right now with a pandemic, a war, a looming recession. Instead, they're busy body shaming and mocking each other. The people of Ukraine do not care if Putin takes off his shirt. They don't care about Boris Johnson's non-existent muscles. They're only concerned about their freedom and for that, diplomacy must triumph.